Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club. I am your host, Manny G, and with me tonight is the one who got to the very end of the jumping puzzle only to fall off of the last ship. It's the dark drinker himself, Andy. That's right. What? Hey, man, what happened? Yeah, I was expecting a, like a fire analogy with water balloons. I figured like, what's he going to bring to the table this time? And, and all you can do <laughs> is, is it too, <laughs> is it too meta? <laughs> yes. It, yeah. Maybe you're, right. you're switching it up. I'm, like I'm sorry. Okay, I'll. Um, I, I could explain that to anybody who's interested. Oh God! <laughs> well, we are a part of an excellent gaming community called the Gaming Adventure Club, and this is our podcast. So we talk about our gaming adventures throughout the week, what's going on in the gaming world. My friend Andy, we are not alone today. No, no, we have a interloper in our. We midst. have an interloper, <laughs> dear friends. Please welcome our dear friend Rakis. Hello. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Hello. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad to be here. You know, I have never asked you before, but where does the gamer tag Rackus come from? Oh, so uh, back in the day, I actually was a DJ. That's how I, I kind of oh got my myself. Oh, my goodness. I didn't so, know that. I know. I got, <laughs> that's how I got myself through school. And I was DJ Raw. And then for some reason, RHA, and then for some reason, whenever I made my gamer tag, and I honestly can't remember why, I think it was like some type of play on ruckus, because I think, I thought I was being cool, and uh-huh. now I've just had it for uh, 15 years, and here we are. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, listen, it's not as clever as TX Andy, man, but... <laughs> I know my gamer tag, like, it goes so far back... Like to my birth certificate, and I I honestly can't remember how I came up with it back then. I just know it's really really old. <laughs> so okay, well man, this has been a really awesome week. If you guys have watched any of E three, um, it was super exciting. Um, I had a good time watching it. Did you guys have a chance to check out any of the conferences? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I uh, I was streaming it. Pretty much from the get go uh, on uh, on my phone. My wife even was. <laughs> my wife's like, "What are you watching? The Oscars? Are you?" <laughs> she totally my like version, it. my yeah. version of the Oscars, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I watched uh, all of Ubisoft. I watched all of uh, Nintendo, and then I watched a little bit of of Bethesda. You know, anybody who has talked to me in the past. I don't know, however many weeks, um, knows I'm all about The Division. So I was particularly particularly excited to, to see that reveal and the location and all that fun stuff. Yeah, oh, for sure. The, w- I missed a couple. The one that I did miss uh, most notably was the Square Enix. And I heard that mm-hmm. one was the best. Did you guys hear <laughs> that too? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. All right, so, all right. Let's Is that talk the about- one where... Isn't that the one you uh, Weird Al Yankovic opened for? 
did they, they bring him out? I don't know. Or the guy, what was the guy's name who used to smash the pumpkins with the sledgehammer? <laughs> yeah, that's him, dude. I'm probably <laughs> dating myself right now. <laughs> hey, it's on YouTube, I'm sure. Right. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about E3. Um, what was your favorite conference that you're able to see and, and why was it your favorite? I know you didn't see all of them, but what were you most stoked about as far as watching these conferences? You know, I, let's say probably like three years ago, and I know I already said Ubisoft, but that's really the one that I have watched turn itself around a lot, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was with the division or in a lot of ways with, with Ghost Recon Wildlands, which was another game that I, you know, I got kind of into. And then even with Assassin's Creed and, um, oh my gosh, what was the one that, that Ori said that he was really into better evil or, or good Oh, Beyond Good and uh, Beyond yeah. Good Evil. Yeah. So, you know, even that, which really probably isn't my mm-hmm. style of game, I really like that as a publisher and, you know, in a lot of ways as a developer because of how, you know, they're structured, they really have taken the time to look at themselves as a company and try and get better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that that was the most exciting for me. Um, definitely most excited. You know, I'm a Greek, right? So, Odyssey is Assassin's Creed Odyssey is really mm-hmm. appealing to me as well. So, I don't know. It, it was fun. It was fun to watch that transformation. I wasn't really into like the dancing pandas or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, that kind of thing. I don't. I don't get that. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, we tagged uh, Panda in Discord to see if it was actually <laughs> him, but I don't right. think it was. I don't think yeah. it was. Our panda is way cooler. Andy, what did you like? Uh, man, you know, I'm really pumped about what they showed us, uh, with, uh, their division two stuff, but dude, I've been, I've been telling you, like you and I have been having this, this conversation a lot, dude, that Ghost of Tsushima looks so good. I am so excited about that game, dude. It looks beautiful. Dude, I wasn't, I was excited, but when I watched the trailer, I got less excited and then I had to go back cause you were excited. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm on board again. Oh, dude, you know, just the the, the fight sequences, uh, you know, kind of listening to a, a lot of the uh, content creators that are that are down there that that saw the gameplay and sort of the breakdown of, you know, what what they're going for with that game. I'm, I'm I am all about it. It sounds like it's going to be a little slower pace, like not yeah. as uh, frantic or frenetic a game as as most people are accustomed to. But I mean, neither was The Last of Us. And and that game was amazing, you know. So if they can do I something like that with samurai, yeah, go ahead. If they can do this, something like The Last of Us with samurais, um, dude. The uh, the pacing of the combat and the lack of UI was kind of throwing me off. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it looked really good. I think um, my my two favorite conferences were Xbox because I'm an Xbox fan and I'm excited about the future of Xbox mm-hmm. and Bethesda. I thought Bethesda was really entertaining. They showed a ton of stuff. And I know in other years they would just kind of show one game and be like, here you go. It's releasing soon. Go for it. But but they just kind of laid out a huge, uh, a long-term plan of what we're going to see from them over the next couple years. And I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, man. They, yeah. you know what? They put on a great show, and a, a lot of people are really, you know, if they're handing out, you know, uh, medals for that, uh, those presentations. A lot of people think Bethesda took the show. So let's talk about games specifically. I know you mentioned Ghost of, of uh, Tsushima. What other games 
are sticking out to you that are just telling you you have to play this game when it releases? You know, the I think the obvious choice, and I know, you know, you guys have talked about this one, and, and it wasn't really shown so much at E3, but I've been about Red Dead too mm-hmm. mm-hmm. for, you know, since it was originally announced, you know, and it's um talking about that type of game for me, um, you know, being a Rockstar fan, you know, a game that's in development for that long is just so exciting. And given the developer that they're going to do it right, you know, they're going to give you the story, they're going to give you the content. And now, you know, watching since GTA 5 was released until now, how that online community has sustained itself, and it might not be everybody's cup of tea. I'm really excited to see what that game can be, you know, in terms of long-term, a long-term game. And the other thing too is that we so many of these games and i know fallout 76 is talking about this all the time now you know the single player game is, is now going to be online it's interesting to see how developers are going to blend a traditionally single player game into the online world of 2018 and to be able to preserve that single player experience but meld it and that's that really excites me a lot mm-hmm. yeah i think the most compelling game that i saw and I mean, we didn't really get to see much was uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Like that, that trailer, the, the end game trailer kind of just blew my mind. It looked so rich. The world looked so full of life. And I just thought, man, they've been working on this for so many years. And the people that got to see like the behind the scenes, 90 minute or 60, whatever it was of gameplay of actually watching somebody play the game, it like it blew their minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's they like can't, that yeah. that excitement is like drawing me mm-hmm. in. Like I want to yeah. see what that's all about. Yeah, people can't yeah. stop raving about it, man. The the people that actually got to see that extended gameplay and they they are super excited. I was watching who was it? Layman maybe? Yeah. And they were just like I I, I don't even know what what their hang up is about showing what they have. It just looks gorgeous and maybe they're maybe they don't want to set expectations too high you know but yeah but yeah that's uh a lot of people are very excited about cyberpunk um for me you know i guess yeah red dead because it's the closest right i guess end of this year hopefully um division two anthem man anthem. Yeah, i was gonna say anthem yeah. yeah anthem a lot of people are really excited about that game too man people got to actually play it and you know, it sounds like they're leaning more towards the the single player. Maybe they'll bring multiplayer later later on. But and, and the fact that like uh, Rackus was men- mentioning, you know, that they've pushed it back, that they've taken the time mm-hmm. to hopefully perfect that. Now we'll see how the in game, uh, you know, economy and loot and grind and all that stuff play out. But um, from the looks of it and from the sounds of it, you know, it should be pretty fleshed out by the time we get it. I might have mentioned this on Discord at one point, but watching that gameplay, you know, not many people stuck with Mass Effect Andromeda. I mm-hmm. I did, you know, mm-hmm. I actually played through it three times, and it was watching that gameplay next to Mass Effect. You know, this is Andromeda wasn't a masterpiece, but this is a Bioware game, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm really excited for that. And you know, yeah. even the audio, the voice acting, you know, it mm-hmm. was all. There were a lot of parallels there. So for mm-hmm. me, that's that's pretty exciting to see. And um, I hope that they stick to that type of storytelling route mm-hmm. because I think if they go that route rather than try and be everything, they could be very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you kind of saw something there because when I was looking at the presentation, I felt so underwhelmed. 
And I, I just wanted to see more gameplay. I wanted to learn about the systems. I want to learn about the loot. Like, what is the RPG of this game? What is the multiplayer of this game? And it, I feel like they didn't tell us. I feel like I already knew everything they had to show. It seemed like the people that got to play it, they had like a different opinion. They said it, it wasn't as slow as the trailer, which kind of the trailer they showed us or the footage they showed us, it was like a slow lumbering tank. But, mm-hmm. you know, they said that when you're driving those javelins, it feels good. It feels strong and it feels fun and fast. So, yeah, I, I do have mm-hmm. some some mm-hmm. positive hopes for that game. But yeah. and, I, and I'm sure I'm going to get it. But I'm still kind of like, let's let's wait and see. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there uh, that uh, some Destiny content content creators have put out. They have, uh, I think, Datto and um, uh, Kakis, uh, I believe, are two that actually got their hands on and played the game. And so, you know, if people are interested, they there's there's plenty of videos out there with um, you know just impressions of hands on uh, play. So yeah, it's Anthem's kind of in an interesting place, you know, because with where the destiny franchise is you know you have a lot of players looking to maybe expand outside of of the circle that they had during you know the taken king era and you know with with a game like anthem whenever folks don't really know what it is you know everything the developer says is scrutinized you know we we read the articles and we digest all their words and i think sometimes it's it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what it's going to be but i'm excited Mm mm-hmm All right, let's move on. We've got a bit of news, and I thought this was a really fun story. Uh, Sony has decided to block Fortnite accounts from being able to use their Fortnite accounts on the Nintendo Switch. If you're not familiar with this, if you're playing Fortnite, you're able to cross-play with people on Xbox, PC, Mac, iOS. But if you're playing on Sony PlayStation, you are blocked from playing against people on the Xbox you're also blocked against moving your account over to the Switch. So you could kind of do that with everything mm-hmm. else, but Sony is actually blocking that access. If you try to use your Epic Games account on your Switch and you're already playing Fortnite on your PlayStation, it, you get an error message that says you cannot move this account over. It's, it's being used. So you have to basically start a new account. So that loses all of your progress and all of your purchases that you've made which isn't mm-hmm. the case for, for the other consoles. So people are really, really upset. And you could actually go in and unlink your Sony account to your Epic Game account. But the problem is that if you do that, then let you, if you unlink it, you do not uh, remove the platform restriction that they have in place. It yeah. actually stays in place. So, it's, so, so there's no way around this whatsoever. Straight up Al Capone, man gangsta move right there (laughs) (laughs) their statement for this was so ridiculous you know because they say we offer crossplay support for pc mac ios and android (laughs) consoles like no xbox no switch so it even in their statement it's like hysterical you know so you're saying that this is possible yeah yeah we already got 80 million active users right yeah you know (laughs) what are you complaining about we don't need it so basically what they're saying that you don't know what you actually need or want. We have yeah, 80 million in our community. That's plenty. So be yeah. happy with what you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely, yeah, this is not, not good for them. Definitely not good for, for the, for the PR machine. Yeah. And yeah. you know, they, they finished their statement with, with, uh, we have nothing further to add at this point. 
So they, they've, from their perspective, they're like, we're done. That's the final word. You go back to your room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so we'll yeah, see. their house, their rules. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just thought this was funny. This is covered by like a lot of like major news outlets as well, because there's just so much rage going on. So another news, Xbox acquires five studios to bolster its exclusive title lineup, lineup for the future. And I thought this was really cool because this came out of the Xbox conference at E3. They're making these steps for the future of their console and for those of us who own Xboxes. So these are really big acquisitions. And what I think is cool about this is that they're securing things that they already have, like Playground Games, who make Forza Horizons. Mm. Them acquiring that studio guarantees that they're going to continue to have these horizon games mm-hmm. so these are, are are pretty pretty huge so they have uh, playground games undead labs ninja theory compulsion games and the initiative which is actually a brand new studio they have a uh, daryl gallagher who is a person who came from crystal dynamics he was there for 10 years he helped mm-hmm. with uh, the reboot of the tomb raider franchise he worked for uh, Square Enix as the head of Western development. So they're actually putting a lot of faith in this one man to start an entire studio from scratch. So we, I mean, we know they're not going to be producing games for years. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge investment for the future of Xbox. And they're looking at uh, the next console. They're looking far into the future. Mm-hmm. And they want to make Xbox the place to game, you know, mm-hmm. three years down the road. Or whatever, but I think well, this I, is I think brilliant. Yeah, and I think you couple that with their, you know, with their Game Pass, you know, and and uh, I mean, you're looking at a potentially a lot of exclusives. Hopefully, you know, maybe some good ones uh, that they can marry with their Game Pass. So I think that'll attract a lot of business for them. I'm sure. Yeah. And that's the key, right? They have to be good exclusives. Yes. Right. Because right? <laughs> at their conference, they announced like 50 games and like 18 exclusives, something like that. But it's like, what is compelling? And I've heard from people who don't play Xbox, who watched the conference and said, I'm not compelled to go out and buy an Xbox. Right. And it's not like The Last of Us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Sony has titles now that give you these exclusive experiences that make you think, I need a PlayStation to play this. Right. Yeah. And you know? it's the studios too, right? I mean, Naughty Dog, right? It's yes. uh, Uncharted, The Last of Us. I mean, it's it's they're incredible oh, yeah. games. And, and I probably won't be buying a PS4 anytime soon, but I'm still going to digest these games because they're that good, you mm-hmm. know, and the stories are that good. Mm-hmm. So it's to see this type of investment, especially – you know, with Xbox, because, you know, I love Xbox, right? I love the backwards compatibility. I've been playing Xbox since the first one came out. You know, I want to, I want to hear that they're invested. And that was, that was really, really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, the playground uh, games acquisition. There's a rumor and even Phil Spencer alluded to it. The Fable 4 is in the works. And that was mm-hmm. a, a franchise that just died in the hands of, what was it? Lion, Lionhead, Lionhead. Lion. Mm-hmm something i forgot what they're called but you know they believe in this franchise and i played halo or uh, fable one when it first came out and i loved it that like yeah. one of, was one of the titles that got me to be a gamer you know it was halo and then fable mm-hmm. came and i just i loved it 
it was so immersive to me at that mm. time. So I'm, I'm happy mm. to see that they're doing this. Um, they have a lot of talent there and they even have people that used to work at Rockstar and they have, they have the, the, uh, the staff that you need to get these things off the ground. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Right. Uh, Undead Labs, like you played State of Decay 2, right? You're doing that right now, Andy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? And I, I saw that, you know, um, you know that influx of, of cash potentially making their next iteration of the game uh, a AAA title. Uh, you know, it sounds, sounds great, but but I don't know. I, I think the for me, the, the attraction to State of Decay is the fact that it is so raw looking you know what i mean it's simple mechanics it's not too complex it's pretty you know it's just good sort of mindless fun it's a fun game you know yeah but you know if they had more money then they can pour that into better quality Mm -hmm. making sure all the systems work and having better more usable features and stuff that like (sighs) you know if you if you go on co-op with somebody And, yeah, you know, you you're worried about, yeah, you're worried about your camp because <laughs> your people are growing hungry and they're dying. Right, it's like, right. so yeah, there, there's a lot they can add to State of Decay to make it a better game, a fun mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And now they have the money to do it. For sure. Yeah. So that's, I think that's all really exciting news for sure. Mm-hmm. But let's dive into our main topic. Um, E3 just happened and everybody's doing their summary shows or they're doing their recaps of, of all the games and stuff. We wanted to just take a deep dive into the games that our community is most excited about. Um, so we're going to do that over the next however long. I don't know. But um, I, I'm excited to do this. And one of the reasons why we brought our good friend Rackus with us on the show is because, Rackus, you're a huge Division fan. I am. So how yes. excited are you about Division 2? I am. So I'm totally thrilled, right? Because, you know, what happened with the Division 2 is there was kind of a lull period where we didn't know if the Division 2 was even being made. You know, they they announced Year 2 and they announced Year 3, but there wasn't... You know, there wasn't really this, are they going to do it? You know, are they going to announce it? Yeah. And then we found out, you know, because I'm on Reddit, right? And they're hiring, Massive's hiring, but they're hiring for Avatar, you know? <laughs> but where's the Division 2, you know? Yeah. And then to, you know, finally see that number two show up on the screen and then to hear about Washington, D.C. And it's just so, it was so thrilling because... You know, this game has gone through this amazing transformation. You know, it's from day one until, you know, uh, just yesterday, whenever um, 182 dropped. You know, this is really to see that transformation over the course of the the life cycle of the game has just, oh, my gosh. And everybody wanting to come play again. Mm -hmm. I'm beside myself. (laughs) I know there's been a ton of people in Discord who are like, I am reinstalling now. So what is The Division, just for people who don't know? The Division, it's a third-person looter shooter RPG game. And the story takes place uh, during a certain Black Friday when a strain of, of the smallpox virus is released onto just the dollar bill all across New York City. The infection spreads all over the country, and that is the scene of the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the story, you know, if if you follow the storyline, and and I know we have some folks who are just kind of getting into it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, but 
if you do listen to the details and if you do dig into the lore, because the division has tons of lore, I think there's like 180 some collectibles, that story that, that you figure out why that virus was released and, and what happened and what was the point of all this and, you know, what conspiracies are there within, you know, the government and then what conspiracies there are within the division itself. If you really take the time to, to dig into that, you know, this there's this whole world in there and, you know, there's this amazing companion book um, that's full of hidden secrets that actually corresponded to things in the game. And, and they just, they built this big, beautiful world. But whenever the game launched, you know, it had two major problems. One, it was, in a lot of ways, it was broken. Mm-hmm. You know, this game, it's, <laughs> there were bugs. Like, if anybody remembers the very first day, you could physically put your character in the doorway yeah. and block other characters from getting, or other players <laughs> from getting started. Yeah, Like, it was insanity. And then what happened is that the only way to really gear up is, you know, they had these amazing guns like the Midas and, and all these it just these these great guns and these great gear, but it was all in the dark zone, yeah. you know. So it really it forced you into PvP content, and the dark zone back then it was just landmarks or and other players, you know. It's it, now you go into the dark zone and there's PVE events in the dark zone, but before, <laughs> you know, if you got something, it was you know you, you know you were saying your prayers that you were going to be able to get it out. I, and, I was um, I was saying my prayers when you took me in there earlier. I was all like, "What? What? No, I put you? you in my backpack. <laughs> we can't go in there. I saw those rogues. What are you doing? And those early dark zone experiences that I had when the game first launched were just they were like soul crushing because yeah. there were people in there that started. Um, they started playing as soon as the game launched. They went to the dark zone as a group and they just farmed all the gear as much as they can. So anyone that came in late, they were just going to get destroyed. Yeah. And that that was my experience. And that was like the end game. There's nothing else for me to do. Right. So, yeah. you know, that it was it was this What's game that made me think I am never going to pre-order a Ubisoft game ever again. This is ridiculous. And you were so excited. I remember you got me hyped on the division, Manny, because you posted those little like mini. Um, I was they were like little movies, the right? Vi- yeah, of the all videos, the videos oh, of right. all the factions, the agents. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I gotta go save New York. Manny yeah. says I have to go save New York. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> so, and then I get that there and I'm funny. falling through the sky. Well, so. yeah, right through the building, <laughs> down the deepest hole you've yeah. ever been in. But you know what? I will say that even even back then, right. Uh, all those uh, glitches aside and we had talked about this in the past and for anybody that's listening that you know i know we've got some folks in our community that are are jumping back in that hadn't gone in there the the leveling from you know from start to 30 that was even back then that was probably the funnest i've had yeah uh in in just about any game because like uh rackus is saying um you know all the collectibles the drones the down drones the cell phones the uh, the the memories like there's so much story to be told in there and it was uh i don't know it kind of reminded me a little bit of um you know for our ps4 friends uh, horizon zero down dawn same thing they had a lot of those just little pieces of story scattered throughout the world that you could find to put tell a tell a much bigger story a really rich story and so that that's still enjoyable so now 
you get the added benefit of having a, a, an actual awesome end game uh, yeah. to play after. So, yeah, my first time through the game felt so good. Like I really, really enjoyed just playing through the story, and it was it was great. And it was the fact that the end game was a brick wall is what kind of did it for me. Yeah, and and it was. And not only was mm. the end game difficult, but the the PVE content was very very difficult. You know, the, the bullet spongy mechanics were actually, um, you know, right around the time where there was no one playing, they actually fixed all of that. Um, they rebalanced the PVE content to make you feel more powerful. You know, it was a big frustration for folks is that they felt like you were emptying magazine after magazine into these enemies and nothing was happening, you know, and, and uh, so they made it more fun. And they also changed, um, you know, in 1.8, they really changed the way the loot dropped. You know, they made it so rather than focus on doing one type of content to get specific pieces of loot, they made it so you could play any content to do specific pieces of loot, any loot really. And then on top of it, they added events. They added global events where if you wanted to get the really, really good loot, the classified gear, you could play anything, turn in your tokens and then, you know, see what you get. And it was really a lot of fun. That's funny that I'm calling it tokens. Yeah, right. <laughs> from Destiny. <laughs> yeah. They're not really tokens. That's not exactly how it works. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's uh, you know, everything everything's fun. You know, all routes lead to uh, 291, which is the max gear score right now. So mm. Yeah, so the game nice. launch was, you know, it was really rocky. And they really poured a lot um, of time and effort to fix the game. And at that point, you know, you could have seen them just kind of say, you know, we'll fix some things and we'll move on to the next project. But Ubisoft kind of has a reputation of fixing things that are not released the way they should be. But they did it. They fixed Mm it. You know what I thought for for me, kind of the coolest thing that I saw them do during their renaissance, if you will. Uh, You know, the game came out, right? They gave us a broken game. They charged us for quote-unquote dlc which was you know in some cases uninspiring <laughs> you know uh but then so that that sort of content uh played itself out but everything that came after that was all free right these all these big patches and and fixes and they never charged another dime for any of that stuff you know what i mean yeah. now granted i don't know how much quote-unquote new content they put out there i think uh rackus can speak more to that than than we can but still i thought that was a good a good faith move by them uh, and then of course you know you kind of roll that right into their their next iteration of the game uh and and what they're um you know what they're telling us so far i think that's even I, for me personally that that even makes me more excited to you know what yeah i'm gonna finally jump into this uh, the division give the end game a, a, a an actual go. Try to learn it myself, not just have Bridget carry me through everything. You know, <laughs> give me give me the loot, Bridget. <laughs> Anytime. I've reinstalled the game and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I mm-hmm. like the changes that they brought to the dark zone because yeah. when you're in there and you're with a group of people or by yourself, if you shot somebody, you automatically turn into a rogue. And then mm. any anyone around would just turn around and kill you. Mm. So now it's like you have to actually opt in to go rogue. So there's little changes like that that really make a huge impact. And I think everything they did 
from everyone that I've spoken to who still plays the division, they have just positive feedback about what Mm. they've done to fix their game. Yeah. That alone makes me hopeful for the division two. It makes me excited to play it because otherwise I, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. Mm. Yeah. You know, the division's an interesting game because it, it requires, you know, the, the bar of entry into the division is, is actually pretty high. You have a lot of numbers thrown at you, you know, and you have to understand how those those numbers work together and you have to figure out your build and, oh, by the way, there's X amount of gear sets and, oh, by the way, every single one of those has a classified gear set and, oh, by the <laughs> yeah. way, there's all these different guns and, oh, did you know that, you know, you can roll striker, you can, you can roll a, a 393 striker or you can roll... You know, you can do a, a six six build. You can do whatever you want, and and um, the possibilities are really endless. Um, and you know, to to really figure out how all of those things work together, it's it's intimidating. And it it sounds like that system is being carried over into the next mm-hmm. game. So I I don't think that I think that bar of entry is still going to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the division is really a commitment game. You have to learn the shooting mechanics, but you have to learn the RPG side of it as well, which is, you know, it's a lot of math. Luckily, there's there's really great resources out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if, if you've ever been on Reddit or Marker Styles, you know, people have, like, you want to talk about content creators that really have a ton to talk about. The Division offers a lot. Well, let's move into what The Division 2 is going to bring us. So the story for The Division 2 is that seven months after this outbreak, the virus has kind of burned itself off, but it's kind of left the entire country uh, and chaos. And, but it takes place not in this snowy, uh, New York setting, but now it's summertime in Washington, DC. So the, the country wants to heal. It wants to rebuild, but these factions are taking advantage of the chaos and they are just kind of wreaking havoc. So we, as a member of the division, are tasked to save Washington, DC, and to, to bring back our country. I am really excited for this. They showed Washington, D.C. in their trailers, and they're telling us that it is nearly a one-to-one representation of mm-hmm. the actual mm-hmm. city, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really amazing. That's a lot of cardio. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of cardio. It's a long blocks. It's, it's exciting. I think Washington, D.C. was a really great choice because vertical play in this game, I think there's a lot of potential for it, you know, especially to have you know, the, the class system that's coming out, um, or the specialization, I should say, you know, if we're talking about a sniper rifle or a crossbow to have that vertical play, you know, that was a little hard in New York, you know, you only Mm -hmm. can go up so high before it it turns insane. Well, in, in Washington, you know, everything has a limit. So Mm -hmm. I think that'll be cool to, to see them bring about those worlds. So let's go over some of these main features. They're going to, again, have a compelling story. And once you finish their campaign, you get to choose a specialization for your character. So just like you mentioned, you can be a sharpshooter, which uh, allows you to have a 50 caliber sniper rifle. You can be a demolitionist, which gives you a grenade launcher. Or you can choose to be a survivalist, which gives you a crossbow. And they mentioned that these are the ones that are being shown. So I'm assuming that there's either more specializations or more weapons that are unlocked for these specializations. 
And it's worth noting that it's not just going to replace what you have, but it's in addition to what you have. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be locked into a specific specialization. You could kind of choose between whatever you have uh, leveled up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, whenever you're talking about it. The, the other big news was eight-person raids, right? Oh, yeah. So to have that type of level of, of depth of content where you have eight people, to think about how these, these I don't know, specializations, you know, the sharpshooter, think about how those are going to have to work together, mm-hmm. you know, and to not always be locked in, to, to really have choices. And the other thing I, I, I kind of see a little bit, and, and maybe, maybe it won't actually be like this on launch, but... I'll be curious to see what the emphasis is on these type of specializations, you know, because right now, with the way that the division is, you know, if, if you're looking for an AR, right, it's really the lightweight M4. Are these things going to be able to compensate for the weapons that are really top tier in the game? I kind of hope they are so that you can, you know, diversify at least your weapon build a little bit more. So it's exciting. And I think these weapons are meant to be like in a power slot position. Yeah. To where that they go kind of above and beyond what you are, uh, what your normal loadout is. Getting back to the eight-person raids, man. I, that that that's something that I'm I'm really interested to see how how they're going to pull that off. You know what what does that look like? You know because we always that's the thing, right? We we with Destiny, say what you will, like they they really do like that's their sort of oh, yeah. the, the cherry on on the sunday that is uh, a destiny game right even in destiny 2 the raids are sort of their pinnacle activity and and they do a good job i mean i wasn't a big huge fan of of the leviathan but you know the 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 mechanics the bosses and all that stuff but it that's a sort of a fantasy world and so you can kind of get away with you know making us do sometimes ridiculous tasks to beat this right to beat this boss <laughs> But how does that play out in uh, a game like The Division, which is rooted in in reality, right? Aside from, you know, a sweater being able to stop, uh, you know, multiple magazines of bullets, uh, you know, the (laughs) the bulletproof hoodie. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, how do they pull that off? I'm really interested in that. Yeah, I I can't think of any any logical thing that they're going to do here. I really, I've been kind of racking my brain because, you know, I've Mm -hmm. played all the the incursions in, in the mm-hmm. current game and they're not everybody's favorite activity because they're kind of they're kind of dull plant this bomb and shoot down these drones and you know that that realistic storyline doesn't like you said it doesn't lend itself to the whimsical and you don't have quite that play so and on top of it you know they're frequently very chaotic already mm-hmm. um so <laughs> i have no idea i'm really excited mm-hmm. i hope that uh I hope they live up to the hype. Getting eight people together sounds uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like a lot of coordination, but yeah. you know they seem to be confident in it. You know they could have they could have stayed with the four model and just upped their game in terms of an incursion to a raid, but they went for the eight. Now, actually, mm-hmm. it's funny. There was a glitch where you could get eight players in a mission for a while. And oh, maybe really? That, yeah, yeah. It only lasted for like a week or two. Yeah. But everybody had a blast for that. I was week gonna. Or two. I was gonna ask. How was that? <laughs> Chaos. Really? Was um, it fun though? Oh yeah. I mean, you were you nice. were blowing through because there was new content that was released then too. So you were blowing through higher level content to get loot, content that was made for four people, but you had eight. Uh, so yeah. I mean, nice, <laughs> nice, awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so much potential there, though. Or truly, you know, if you could 
maybe instead of making it a you know fantasy or an unrealistic thing you know make it more tactical where you know what maybe we're not going to make it like you know you have to do all these insane jump puzzles or whatever but but you know what you really got to plan your assault on on this stronghold and all you have is eight people against right however many they put you against and like you said right building off of those um your specializations and and sort of building your group to you know overcome this 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 task i mean i don't know i don't know this is just me imagining well and they've had so much time to learn you Mm -hmm. know i mean the the division's been out for a while so they had an opportunity to really learn a lot from Mm -hmm. the first game and you know they had elite tax task force they had two an alpha and a beta and it wasn't just content creators you know it wasn't just an echo chamber um, they, they invited a lot of real players, you know, who just, they invite a lot of PVP only or a lot of PVE only. And they, they tried to really get a good mm-hmm. handle on what players wanted. So there's a, there's a huge opportunity here, mm-hmm. um, to create that lifestyle game for folks and also look on a multitude of failures, um, mm-hmm. from the first yeah. one. <laughs> right. And that's what I like. They talked a lot about the fact that they have learned from all of their failures and they're going to bring everything, all their lessons forward to the Division 2. So that was one of, uh, like when Destiny 2 first launched, that was a big deal because it seemed like they did not learn from the mistakes of Destiny 1. So, mm-hmm. you know, this may even be like in response to something like that because that's that's happened a little while ago. I think the Division 2 is going to be a really good sequel um, because of those lessons they've learned, they said that, you know, the Division 1 was very multiplayer focused. The Division 2 is very endgame focused. And it's going to mm. be that way from day one. That was one of the main issues. And that's what got me to stop playing is that it wasn't flushed out. Mm. This yeah. time around, it's going to be different. There's tons of quality of life improvements that they've brought. They've kind of changed the gear around so that gear is going to have like branding it's not going to be like nike or adidas but that's kind of the idea you know so if you have a couple pieces that have the same brand then it actually makes a set bonus mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter the rarity of that particular piece it's just going to work so i mm-hmm. think to build diversity is going to be a huge thing and uh getting rid of mods mods aren't collectible oh things anymore they just mm-hmm. get so unlocked like how cool is that mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like the last time I played, I remember my inventory was just jam packed and it was, I just, I had all these mm-hmm. mods and it was, it was just bad. And it was really hard to, to figure out which one was the best, you know, like if you're comparing yeah. an extended, what, what's the cap, you know, is this 100% extended mag, mag good? Oh no, 121 is the cap, but how do I know <laughs> that? You know, so yeah, you know, that type of quality of life, I think will actually help new players as well. I think so. They have a big plan to have major frequent updates mm-hmm. and th- that's really good, you know, because there was a part of me that was afraid for the people that were still playing the division months after I had quit. And the fear was that they're going to stay in this game and they're going to keep playing, but the game is never going to give back to them. It's just going to leave them in this broken state. And yeah. to me, that was that was sad, you know? Yeah. But they're making, you know, they didn't do that. They had a lot of work to do, so they were silent for a while. They don't want that to happen to this game as well. So they have this huge plan, and I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think some of the biggest news also... 
was that the entire first year, they're going to have three large DLCs with stories, activities, and new areas to unlock. And the entire year is going to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're not going to charge for a season pass. They're not going to charge for an expansion. You get this with the game, keeping the whole community together. So yeah. I think that's that's amazing. Yeah, there there is a little disclaimer on that. And I'm, I'm trying to find it, but I actually can't find it on their website anymore. I might just be looking in the wrong place. That there is going to be a paid component as well to unlock additional content. So it's a... Um, I'm trying try to make sure everybody knows, you know, in advance, just so you guys know that, that there will be some type of paid thing out there as well. Now, I, I don't know what that actually means. You know, the Division, the original game has released a ton of content that is free, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's you know, obviously no one knows that at this point, so. I'm out. I canceled my pre-order. Forget are, it. You, <laughs> are you saying Listen. that this free content has fine print? I am trying to read the fine print. All right? <laughs> I am, I'm trying. I am sorry. You know, as excited as I am, you know, I, I really, I learned a lot from yeah. that other D2 game about yeah. not, you know, not leaning into my hype. So bring expectations. For yeah. Sure, for so sure. I'll pre-order this game um, mm-hmm. because this game has been good to me. Yeah. And I want to support. Right. Um, but I'm not going in, you know, Skill Up has this great review about how, you know, now there's a different thing to do every single night mm. in the current division. Mm. I don't think that's going to be true um, in the next game. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we'll have survival. I don't know if we'll have an underground limit- yeah. limitless dungeon. You know, I don't, I don't expect that. So I'm trying, you know, this time around to temper my expectations and I hope everybody else does as well, you know, because I would hate to see this game crucified. Right. No, but I think here, and this is another thing I was mentioning, probably probably to you and Archimedes or Manny, I'm sure at some point I talk to a lot of people and I say a lot of things, surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, but the fact that they've done everything that they've done since the launch of this game, right? The whole fiasco they went through at the beginning little by little rebuilding brick by brick their reputation and the goodwill with their community that whatever ends up happening uh in the next iteration of the game um you know what we're still getting three dlcs for free maybe they will charge uh, us for some additional content beyond that or somewhere in there right but there's goodwill right you have goodwill and the yeah. fact that I think I don't think that that whatever when the other shoe drops, I think will probably be well into the second game. Potentially, most folks will be pretty happy with what they have. And and so, yeah, if there's a little sort of rockiness there, um, I think the fact that you've built up so much goodwill that you've proven that, hey, you know what? We are willing to work on our game and invest the time and the money to fix it. I don't know, man. I, I think that that uh, that buys them. A little wiggle room. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, what really did it for me is, so they do state of the games every single week. Well, almost every single week um, on stream, you know, they you kind of rotate the developers out with a community manager. So they've, they've always been upfront and transparent. You know, here, here's what we're doing. Here's what we fixed. Here's what hasn't been fixed yet. Um, and <laughs> they really took their licks, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, those streams, you know, around 1.4, they were not kind, you know, and, and they, they stuck it out. Um, so I really, you know, 
I will be supporting with my dollar. And mm-hmm. and I will say, if that collector's edition is announced and it mm-hmm. has the watch, you really should pre-order it because everybody's <laughs> talking about this watch. It's, Bridget, it's we more, aren't nerds. It's okay. more. You should you should check it out on eBay. I'm just saying, <laughs> don't sleep on the watch because now everybody wants it. So. <laughs> Well, there's a lot we could continue to say. There's a ton of improvements that they're going to bring mm. and like a, a large amount of information about this game, which is great. I mean, I love the fact that they're just coming forward with everything. The game is coming out uh, March 15th, 2019. So not too much longer. Right. But I'm looking forward to it. I think they've earned um, they've they've earned me. Um, wait, how do you say that? <laughs> they have they've proven earned to me, your patronage yeah yeah they've proven to me that they can make a game good they can bring mm. improvements and uh make a game that i'm excited about mm. so that is gonna do it for our division discussion thank you so much everybody for listening to us and i want to personally thank all of our patrons everyone who has decided to support us financially you guys make a huge difference And I just want to thank you so much for doing that for us. Hey, good show, guys. Good discussion. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? If you want to get a hold of me, um, Discord, Rackus on Discord. I'm all over. I actually run a, a very large local gaming community on Discord, so I am pretty much on there all the time. Um, that's really the best way to get a hold of me personally. And if you want to play anything, the division, uh, please don't hesitate. Also, five 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 eight six seven five three zero nine. That's it. You can get a hold of her there. Text me. Don't call me. <laughs> uh, uh, Andyman two two eight on Twitter because I'm getting really good at that, Manny. Uh, thanks to you. Oh, nice. Uh, Xbox Live, TX Space, Andyman, and uh, Discord. Come on in. The uh, the water's fine. And you can find me at AKA Manny G on Twitter and Xbox. And you can message the show by going to G underscore Adventure Club on Twitter. Or you can come visit our website, GamingAdventureClub.com. From there, you'll find all of our links, including the link to our Discord. If you want to become a part of our community, that is how you do it. So thank you so much for listening to us this week. So until next time, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. See ya. Yeah.